Hey, good afternoon. We're back with another happy hour edition of the Stripe Show podcast. It's Friday afternoon, November 6th, 2020. A hectic week here in the U.S. I'm your happy hour host, Samantha Marks. You know the drill. Travis, let me have the reins again today to interview some of the best analysts, personalities, and players in the game of golf. And today, we have a dear friend on the other line, one of my favorite people in the golf world in a week that's obviously a big one in America with the election. I figured it would be appropriate and a good distraction to bring someone on the pod that's really, you know, connected to all of that. A Canadian. I'm truly hyped to bring in golf writer, golf personality, golf digital star, whatever you want to call him, Adam Stanley. Adam, friend, thanks so much for joining us today, and I can't wait to break all this down. You're doing okay up there in Canada, eh? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I was wa- I was waiting. Uh, I had an over-under with myself to see how long it would take for uh, for an A to come out of your mouth, and we uh, barely hit two minutes, so so good on you for that one. But uh, we, are, we are doing okay up here. I will say a couple of days ago, uh, where I live in Ottawa, was the coldest world capital uh, on the planet. It was seven degrees below uh, Celsius uh, that day. Snow was on the ground for a couple of days earlier this week, but we've uh, we've turned a corner a little bit. It's supposed to be warm. Golf courses were closed, and then they've reopened again for this weekend. So we're hanging in there. Next week's the Masters. All is uh, all is well. Absolutely, not to make you jealous or anything, but I don't think it's dropped below seventy here in six months. <laughs> so it's um, as you guys know, Travis and I are down here in Florida. It's hot. God, it's hot. We're starting to get some relief um, at nights, you know, getting down, getting down into the 60s. We're really breaking some records down there. But hey, thanks again for joining no us. What a welcome distraction to what's going on down here in the U.S. What a mess. Well, let's jump right into it. No need to waste time. Adam, give me some overarching thoughts on the season on the PGA Tour and some headlines that you've most liked to follow. Yeah, I mean, it's been obviously a, a year, not just a, a PGA Tour season, but a year kind of unlike any other. And it's just been fascinating to see how the Tour has uh, been able to almost make things be as normal as possible. And I think that that is probably the biggest thing that it is so not shocking and not really eye-opening, but so fascinating for me as, as somebody who reports on the game, who is, of course, you know, friends with so many hockey reporters, basketball reporters up here, and they're kind of thinking, well, what are we doing with our sport? And golf has managed to take its traveling circus from city to city, uh, no matter where it is in the United States, and, and still manage to do okay we've of course had you know kind of a handful of COVID-19 positive tests uh, but for the most part those guys have kind of done their thing and then come back and and played okay again and and I think that that was probably the biggest overarching storyline that has been fascinating to follow uh, for me this year just to see how will golf do it and and what is to come in 2021 as well Uh, and then we've got sort of the this generation of golfers uh, that have come from you know the from being college stars uh, to now being PGA Tour winners so you know you kind of come out of this COVID-19 haze you come out of the this is what's impacted the world and you drill it down to what's actually happened on the PGA Tour and you've got this generation of guys all ready to take the mantle from what we thought was already the next generation, the JTs, Rory, mm-hmm. Spieth, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then we've got, you know, Matt Wolf and Colin Morikawa and Scotty Scheffler and this group of guys who are right and ready uh, to, to be PGA Tour winners and be PGA Tour stars so much faster than I think anyone else has uh, over the last, uh, you know, decade or so. So, you know, that 
to me is probably the biggest uh, the biggest storyline that I've enjoyed following is this young young gun generation that just has no fear. They're out there, they're banging it around as mm-hmm. fast and as hard as possible. They're taking it deep and and they've got nothing that's really holding them back. Yeah, no, it's been super awesome to watch. And speaking on your point to uh, to the whole COVID nineteen thing, I think you were one of the last golf media people I saw at the <laughs> yeah. players. Um, we, we rendezvoused at the players and uh, spent some time there together. And um, it was crazy to think that at, right after that was such a big break. I remember us talking about, you know, what's mm-hmm. going to happen. What's, you know, it's all just kind of the unspoken. And then, and then the PGA tour break <laughs> yeah. and then they came back first and it was, it was great for fans. Great for us. Um, it's exciting to see some fans yeah. back in Houston this week. I don't know about you. I was watching the um, the broadcast a little bit and heard clapping, and I was very caught <laughs> off guard. Um, it sounds good, though. Sounds like we're getting back into uh, into what you know golf and, and watching golf should be again. I mean, obviously there were a few fans uh, down in Bermuda as well, but uh, you know to have a, a group back in in the U.S. watching golf, clapping away. I think it's going to be again some some taking uh, some taking some time to get used to. I mean, all these guys, you arrive, you go to the driving range, you sign some autographs, you, you've got you know people around. There's kind of a you know. There's there's an audible hum that w- when mm-hmm. you play golf, and then it was just totally taken away, and now it's back again, but in a in a smaller format. So yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting uh, to see. I mean, next week the guys are going to play Augusta National with no fans. Uh, I'm sure for some of the veteran guys that's going to be weird. For maybe some of the younger guys like Nick Taylor, he's Canadian. He's playing his first Masters. You know, it may actually be a little bit better for him knowing that his first time. There's not going to be thousands and thousands of people kind of lining right. every single fairway. But uh, yeah, you know, getting fans back, I uh, I dig it, and uh, hopefully that's a sign of good things to come. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited for next week for sure, and we'll get to that topic here in a minute. Don't jump the gun, Adam. I'm sorry. I, I apologize. You're sorry. I'm, I'm doing- sorry. <laughs> okay, here we go. Well, as we know, one of my favorite storylines has been the transformation of Bryson DeChambeau, and if you're listening. And you haven't listened to Travis's podcast with Bryson's trainer, Greg Roscoff. I would highly, highly recommend it. It's got some great insight on exactly what Bryson and Greg have been doing to transform his body and his game. But that's been my favorite thing to watch so far this year. The determination and the grit from Bryson paying his rent, paying his dues every day in the gym, in the kitchen and on the course. (laughs) You know, what do you take from what he's done this year and how he's changing the game and the distance talk? Yeah, I mean, I think you for however you feel about you know Bryson for for better or for worse you cannot deny that he said he was going to do something and he has mm-hmm. 100% gone out and and done it and he has grown his body he has you know kind of bucked with tradition in all regards as it relates to sort of the the science of the, of the human body the science of the golf club uh, the science of um you know taking on a golf course for so long everyone was like well, you can kind of calculate your way around these places. And, and Bryson's just like, you know, screw this. Basically, I'm going to hit it as far as I can every, you know, every single time I tee it up. So, you know, when you think about what he has done for the game right now, it doesn't take you very long to look on social media to see all the other guys are at least posting about it you know they've taken Mm -hmm. notice they're all talking about it they're all maybe not doing what bryson's doing but they are certainly having notice and they're thinking oh man like rory dj all these guys tony finau they're out there you know showing their speed gains and they probably wouldn't be showing them 
if Bryson was not out there week in and week out, um, you know, doing this on uh, on the broadcast. Absolutely. I think it's awesome. And I'm I'm with you. I know we share the same thoughts about Bryson there. He said he was going to do it and he did it. What can you really hate about him? I people's people's argument is that he's annoying. I mean, you can't that's not really a valid argument, in my opinion. Um, if people hated me because I was annoying, I wouldn't have any followers on Twitter. I'm very <laughs> annoying. So, um, you know, whatever. But Bryson has had this weird kind of one sided feud. I kind of see going with Brooks Kepka, who we also know I love for his honest, brutal and <laughs> strong personality. But here's a good one. Here's a good one, Adam. What do you think? Who do you think at the end of their careers has more major wins between Bryson and Brooks and why? Oh, man. So I would say I'm going to say Brooks because he's got the head start <laughs> and and it's yeah. not like the competition that both of these guys are going to have to face at majors moving forward is getting easier. It's not, you know, it's not going to be any easier for either of them to win majors. And the fact that Brooks had four uh, to Bryson zero, um, you know, was, was a, was a fabulous head start. Now ask me this question after next week, if Bryson wins, uh, wins the masters and he's cut, cut Brooks's lead in half, I, I may have a different answer, but you know, Brooks's game just seems to be, more built for the masters than Bryson's game. Um, you know, overall from, from T to green, you know, you look at the masters next week, for example, okay, fine. Bryson's going to bomb it around, uh, that golf course, you know, to going to take the bunkers out of play and maybe flip a wedge in there. Um, but he's been the worst putter statistically at that golf course, the last three seasons, you know, taking into account, um, you know, strokes gain putting. So, you know, if he, if he's just going to be struggling on the greens, I mean, you got to make putts in order to win. And if he's not been able to do that at Augusta national specifically, then that's going to hold him back. Meanwhile, Brooks Kepka has won us open PGA championship. He's contended at the Masters, and I, I think that Augusta National is a golf course built for him uh, as well. You know, the British Open, the Open Championship is kind of, you know, up for debate, but if Phil Mickelson can win a British Open late in his career, I think anybody can do it. So all that to say, you know, Brooks Kepka with the with the head start and the fact that I think more golf courses are built for him, uh, I think he's going to be the one that does it uh, moving forward. What a stat drop. I knew you were going to come prepared. That's why I asked you. That's why I, I really think about who I'm going to have on the pod and who's going to come prepared, who's going to do their homework. I knew I could count on you, Adam <laughs> I'm not, Stanley. I'm not I just sitting I up here count on you. shoveling snow and doing nothing. You know, I'm like, well, oh. speak for yourself. That's what I do. <laughs> I just show up here and I'm like, well, let's hope they carry the pod because I didn't bring any homework. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was prepared. I'm always prepared. Well, hey, you know, we have to talk about Jordan Spieth. I think I think you need to talk about Jordan Spieth. I you know what? I wish there was a Jordan Spieth support group. Um I would maybe lead it, get t-shirts, I don't know. <laughs> it's still getting me heat on Twitter to this day. And god, I tweeted what one thing about him 2 months ago. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? And this is going to get you hate on Twitter if you agree with me. <laughs> do you hate? Do you agree that Jordan Spieth was a phase? why or why not no no jordan <laughs> you oh you want to take the you want to take another 30 minutes and hash this out all right what do we gosh no okay so did he did he have a a winning phase yes was he that's exactly what i said okay so i don't know if that was very clear because i think you you were you were insinuating that jordan spieth as as the as a human being had a had a phase and now he can be he can be forgotten no i think he had a he had a winning phase he had a world number one unbeatable can't stop me phase he had he had that but i don't believe that he's like 
canceled. I think he's I think he's got it in him to to come back uh, and to and to return. Maybe not to glory again about the um, you know the competition's not getting any easier. But I mean, the guy's what in his mid twenties, maybe his late twenties now. Uh, he'll have at least a decade, a decade and a half to contend and compete at the biggest tournaments in the world. And I think you know Augusta National is is probably his happy place. You know, he's got a win in a couple of seconds. Uh, he's never missed the cut. He's never finished outside the top twenty five at that place. Um, you know, driving accuracy is not as important there. Yeah, okay, fine. He's whatever he is, 200th on tour in driving accuracy. Um, and he's super, he's been super inconsistent, you know, period over the last three years. I still cannot believe that he hasn't won on the PGA Tour since the, uh, since the Open in 2017. But this is a guy who was absolutely 100% unbeatable five years ago, four years ago, if that, uh, I don't think that he's done. In fact, I think he, I think Augusta national in November could actually be a bit of a turning point for him. Ooh, we got some hot takes on Jordan Spieth here. Um, I think that that was something that was a little misconstrued from what I said. I trust me. I hope he plays well again. I know he will. I just think that the, phase of life that he was in when he was winning everything we're no longer in that phase mm. he was good and now he's not <laughs> can he be good again yes you... people just so like to misconstrue what i say you're included <laughs> we're in a fight now adam <laughs> you may want to you may want to state a little clarification there nah i like the hate <laughs> i like it. it keeps me relevant um well let's switch gears tiger god struggling to keep his head above water um Obviously, defending at the Masters next week. Isn't that We've wild? Got, isn't that a, isn't that a crazy sentence that you just said? I can't decide if it feels like it was last week or ten years ago. Mm -hmm. It seems kind of like both to me. Um, feels equally very close in distance to, but then there's COVID, and but he got to defend longer than ever anybody else got to defend for what like a year and six months or something. Pretty much, yep. Um, so that's pretty crazy, but what, <laughs> what can you take away from his, let's say his poor finishes in recent PGA tour events and then not playing much up to leading to defending his title next week? Yeah, it, it's such a conundrum for Tiger Woods because I think he needs to be playing more, but I don't think that his body is going to actually allow him to do that. So he get, again, we're talking about happy places. I mean, this is a guy who, whose whole world imploded in 2009. And then in 2010, he arrives at Augusta national and finishes tied for fourth, like Augusta national and Tiger Woods, you know, those two things are always going to be held together. I think, you know, it's a golf course. It's a setting where he's always going to have comfort despite the fact that he has played, let, let's just call it spade a spade. He's played poorly in 2020. Um, mm -hmm. but he comes to Augusta national and he will very likely be one of a small handful if that of, of golfers who have actually played the course in November in the past almost almost nobody has has done that um, you know Tiger obviously has had access to that golf course for you know the last two and a half decades and, and he's done it unlike so many others so I think he's going to have a comfort level there if he gets a good draw um, you know, doesn't tee off in the morning too, too early where it's going to stand to be a little bit colder. He allows his body to kind of get warmed up and, and do everything he needs to do. I truly believe that, um, you know, that playing Augusta national, a place where he is comfortable, you know, in a part of the country where he's comfortable with the grass and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think he needs as long of a runway of warm up as so many people think that he needs as it relates to playing 
the masters. If this was, you know, the the Microsoft Invitational presented by, um, you know, whomever, and it was just a random event and it wasn't taking place at Augusta National, he would have, you know, needed a lot more time to get ready. But it's the Masters. It's Augusta. It's Tiger Woods. You can never count him out. Ooh, I love the piping hot takes on a Friday afternoon. What are you drinking over there, Adam Sandy? Just, you know, some of this some of this Canadian beer is a little bit stronger than oh, what you guys okay. have. So we're just we're pressing the button, Sam. As you should. Well, hey, <laughs> let's bring it all around town. And hey, if you're listening to this and you didn't know by now and you haven't been paying attention, you haven't even been listening if you didn't know the Masters is coming out next week. It's going to look a little different this year in the fall, but here's the real kicker. We're what? 16 minutes into this podcast. You have actually played Augusta National. <laughs> and I don't even know how to phrase this question. I was trying to write this script because I haven't ever asked this question to somebody, to be honest to you. <laughs> I don't even know how to phrase it. I don't even know how to ask it. Uh, how was Augusta National? Yeah. Like, is that, that's, that's all I got. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a straightforward question with a very complicated answer because there was there's so many parts to it. It just made it a golfing experience. It wasn't like a, a golf course that I just went to go play. It was a entire golf experience because you can only arrive at a certain time. Um, I mean, even, even start, like, I don't even know where to start. Like I got to use the champions locker room. My locker was Jack Nicholas's like, that's how my day started. Right. So then you, then you move on from there and you do the driving range and you, you tee it up and you just think, Oh my God, like I'm playing, I'm playing Augusta national. Like I was hitting balls on the champ on the driving range. Uh, I practiced putting on the practice putting green where all the guys had been, you know, all week long. And here we are, you know, four and a bit years later. And if we sat down in person for a beer, I could probably tell you every single shot that I hit the entire God. day. And I, I can't do that with literally any other round of golf. I think I've ever played, but there is something about a place that you have such emotional, uh, an emotional connection to, you know, both from home and in person, because I, I got to cover the tournament, you know, a couple of times and, and you, you don't even know that you have such a connection to it, but you do. And then your day finishes and you just kind of file that away in your brain into a special spot where you just can't forget anything about it. And it's one of those places that is magical. And some people probably think, you know, they have their opinions about Augusta national and the green jackets and the membership and the blah, 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 blah. But as a golf fan, as a golfer, as a golf media member, as somebody who cares about the game, Playing Augusta National was, you know, the pinnacle of the sport for me personally. And like I said, every single moment from that day, including the shots that I hit, I can still recall like they happened, you know, not that long ago. God, do we just end the pod there? Do I just say like, <laughs> all right, see you later. See you next time. I don't even know how to continue on from that. I'm so jealous. I'm like picturing it in my mind. I kind of even zoned out in my happy place for a little bit there. What are you most looking forward to this year? You obviously have a different kind of perspective. A lot of people listening to this podcast have never seen Augusta National in person. I've been lucky enough to go once. I was supposed to go this year. We don't even talk about that or I'm going to start crying. <laughs> yeah. um, what are you most looking forward to this year, whether that has to do with the fact that you've played and been several times or not? I know this, this year is going to be a little bit different. Yeah, I think that that is probably the thing that I'm most looking forward to seeing. It's how different 
is it going to be? We know the time of the year, obviously, maybe not, there's not going to be, you know, flowers, there's going to be more fall foliage, which is cool in itself. Um, you know, how are the golfers going to, are they going to attack the golf course? Cause the grass is much, uh, much fresher. Um, you know, what's it going to be like with that two T start? What's it going to be like with the morning and the afternoon wave? Um, you know, is there going to be somebody who wins his first major? Is it going to be a guy who's won a bunch? Is it going to be Bryson overpowering the place? Is it going to be somebody like, you know, Kevin Kisner, who's just going to methodically, uh, surgically wow, take the place what apart? what a name like, out of the hat. Like, like, when you think about what can happen at Augusta National and the Masters, you know, anything can happen, and, and it usually does. I, I'm going to be sad that there's not going to be those, you know, those, those roars through Sunday afternoon, or I guess Sunday midday in this case, uh, kind of roars, but um, just anxiously awaiting what a November Masters, a once in a lifetime kind of experience is going to be like. I mean, that's got me fired up uh, as much as anything. Let's take a second to talk about the guys and girls over at Encore Golf. Encore has earned a reputation of having the most cutting edge technology in their golf balls that the industry has seen in quite some time. Their team in Buffalo, New York, is changing the script of golf technology through the perimeter weighted designs use of high-density particles, and even a nano-transitional layer in their latest creation, which offers players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course and extreme velocity off the tee. They already have their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, but the new Vero X1 is the highest performance ball to date with their full suit of golf balls. They are transforming the game for players of all skill levels, visit EncoreGolf.com slash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show podcast. I don't feel like we talk like this about any other event. And I was just talking about this with a friend the other day. We don't sit here and we're not like thinking about, you know, PGA Championship. Oh, we never know really what it's going to bring this year. Yeah. You know, like it's just it's it's so different with the Masters and I'm I'm so excited to see what it looks like next week. Well, the inevitable question everyone's asking on every podcast the week before the Masters coming up at Augusta National. You have three picks, Adam. Yes. Your pick to win, your sleeper pick, and your lock, who you know is gonna play well, maybe not win, but who you know is gonna be up there on the leaderboard. Okay, I did. I did some nice research here. I tried. I tried to make sure that we were going to have a have a good conversation. So, who? Do, what do you want me to start with? Winner, winner, sleeper, then lock, or what do you um, think? Um, start with sleeper. Baby. Okay, start with sleeper. My sleeper, Ricky Fowler. So, Ricky. Oh God. Uh oh. We're not starting off. <laughs> Does not have a top ten since the tour came back. So he automatically fit, fit, uh, hits the sleeper category. But twenty five under par over the last three Masters. Six shots better than anyone else in that span. Ricky Fowler, sleeper. I like it. If you, I mean, based on how little he's won and how little he's played well recently, I think if he looks up sleeper in the dictionary, <laughs> Ricky Fowler would, his little picture in his orange hat would pop up right there. <laughs> Let's go to who's your lock. Who, who do you think at the end of the day is going to be near the top of the leaderboard? Maybe not the winner, but you know they're going to be contending. Justin Thomas. So I say Justin Thomas for a couple of reasons. One of the best iron players on the planet the last couple of seasons hits it, you know, long enough, if not 
longer than average, which is which is what you need over there. Need some putts to be made, so I think that's why he he's my lock to play well, but maybe not win. He, it, it's all going to ride on his putter. Uh, but the interesting thing for me when I was looking back uh, at Justin Thomas's results in the Masters is that every single year since 2016, when he made his debut, he's improved. He's gotten better every single year. So he finished, I think, tied for 12th last year, maybe somewhere around there. And he was about tied for 17th the year prior. So when you look Mm. at somebody who is a student of the game, you know, father was a PGA of America professional. Uh, He continues to get better and better and better. Uh, This is a guy who is just on the intelligence scale. He's learning about Augusta National and he's befriended Tiger and he's befriended the guys that you need to befriend when it comes to this golf course. So um, Justin Thomas maybe won't win, but I I think he's going to be a lot to improve on his uh, on his finishes from the last couple of years, which is what he's been doing every single year since he made his debut in 2016. What an answer. You know, I love JT. That's an awesome answer there, but let's go to who's your pick to win. Okay. So my pick to win is Rory McIlroy. And I say that because I feel personally, I feel like his grand slam storyline has been totally under the radar. Like, I don't feel like anybody's talking. I have not seen, you know, the Twitter sphere. I haven't seen really anybody be like, guys like Rory McIlroy is going to win the grand slam and like five people in golf's history has ever done that. Hello. And I think that that's going to be beneficial for him. I think out of all the guys there, and I think he said it before that it has been weird playing with no fans, but I think, you know, Rory McIlroy, a father now, no fans, his grand slam storyline is kind of under the radar. It's the end of a season. So it's not like there's all this uh, hype and anticipation. And it's like, it's Rory's year. He's got this. We're starting in April. He's going to crush it. And then it's like a crushing disappointment. He's already had his year. His year has been whatever it's been. And now it's November. He's going to play this tournament and then he's going to eject until, you know, the middle of January. So I think that from a mental approach perspective, the fact that, you know, Rory's Grand Slam uh, you know, approach to this week is not something that a lot of people are talking about is actually going to be beneficial for him. He's obviously got the game to contend and win at Augusta. Uh, he's just had to get through some of those mental hurdles. And the fact that the tournament is at the end of the year, it's going to be his last thing. He's a dad now. He's got other things to worry about. All those things I think are going to work in Rory's favor. And he's my winner. I love that. You came so prepared. I'm so glad that you're here. Thanks so much for that insight, Adam. You're amazing. Well, hey, we'll close with a few rapid fire questions. Rory's going to win. JT's going to be on the top of the leaderboard. Whatever, whatever. Let's get to the fun stuff. Adam, just say what comes to your mind first. No rhyme or reason. Just give us your best shot at these. We end every podcast with them, and it's hilarious to go back and listen to. Um, I'm ready. You ready? Okay. And I know the answer to the first one, but these are the same questions we ask everyone. So don't feel like I asked you this for a reason. Favorite golf course you've ever played? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Augusta National. Yeah, yeah. clear that throat there yeah. before you answer it. Give it the respect it deserves. Favorite club in your bag? Uh, my lob wedge. Weirdest thing in your golf bag? Weirdest thing in my golf bag? Um, hmm. I don't know. I don't really have anything that's like, that's weird. Uh, oh, I have a, I guess it's not really weird, but I have a, I have a ball from the driving range at Augusta national that I stole that sits in my bag all the time. Oh, if you're listening to this Augusta national, <laughs> yeah. you didn't, they, hear that. they're probably not going to be happy about that, but it happened. So it's in there, but everything else is pretty standard tees, ball marker, whatever. Okay. Uh, preferred seat on the airplane. Uh, aisle. I like, I, I like getting up 
God, you're such a dude. <laughs> I like getting up. Every dude I'm, says I. Really? Well, every dude. Every, well, you know, I'm not an Instagram influencer that needs to take like a photo out of the out of the window, window and see, say yep, like, that's right. you know, flying high, living life. I don't know, whatever. Well, you're you've already hit a course that's at the top of most bucket lists. So, what course is at the top of your bucket list? Knowing you've already played at Augusta National, St. Andrews for sure. Okay, spikes or spikeless golf shoes. Spikes. What ball do you play? Uh, probably one. Favorite non-sports celebrity. No. Oh, Matthew McConaughey. I just read his bio, his memoir, and uh, that's probably some recency bias. But uh, I mean, I guy's pretty cool. The memoir itself was awesome. Uh, Matthew McConaughey, for sure. Love it. Who do you want to win the Super Bowl? Do you even care about the oh Super Bowl? Oh my gosh, I, uh, I I'm a green I'm, I'm a Green Bay Packers fan by association, so I'll I'll say the I'll say the Packers. LeBron or Michael Jordan? Oh man, what what a question! I told you they were random. <laughs> they were very, I think I think I got to go MJ. I mean, I think you know you just have kind of that nostalgia connection to you know watching the the Bulls in the '90s as kind of a young you know young sports enthusiast if you will and uh, i think i'll go mj favorite kind of pizza like pizza toppings yeah pepperoni and jalapeno peppers Jeez, what a weirdo <laughs> and lastly why am i your favorite twitter follow oh my gosh just the the endless content that uh, that comes from it's so from endless. all from all walks of life i think there's there's nothing really there's nothing really, really dull about uh, about the social media feeds so that's why I really don't shut up. <laughs> That's really the only reason why anybody follows me. It's because it's just constant chat. The funny part is that you had to state a disclaimer. I think the other day, did I read that correctly? That it was like, guys, I didn't tweet this day and I'm, I'm all right. Trust me. I'm okay. I'm alive. I did get a couple tweets. People were like, are you okay? Like, well, <laughs> wellness check. <laughs> Um, but hey, thanks, Adam, for being here. No worries. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you. Well, that's all we have for you today, folks. Thanks for listening to another Friday happy hour edition of the Stripe Show podcast, where we talk to top analysts, personalities, and players in the great game of golf. Hey, be sure to subscribe so you get every episode right to your phone. Never miss another chance of hearing me or Travis blabber on about something new every couple days. We're so glad you're here. And hey, we'll see you next time. Cheers.